Welcome to Planet Positivity, Episode 7. I'm your host, Mark, a.k.a. Motivational Mark. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. Little Casey and the Sunshine Band, back in the 1975 hit, That's the Way. I like it by the KC by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Welcome to Planet Positivity. And this is episode seven. Like I said, we are going to talk about uh, basically the race I did today. I'm just going to go over the race I did today. This is my ninth uh, podcast in nine days. I'm going for 10 and 10 days. And it's working really good. I'm averaging around like 51 minutes an episode. So it's really good, but it does take a little bit of time away from my motivational, uh, inspirational reading that I like to do every night, like 30, 50 pages, give or take about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what I'm reading and how uh, difficult the, the words are and you know how it's written and stuff. So I can't wait to get the 10th one out tomorrow, take a little break, maybe get back to the two times a week. But I had a really fun and amazing day today. Like I have been having for weeks now, since at least December, uh, early January, when I read that book, uh, Success Through a Positive, Positive Mental Attitude by Napoleon Hill. And that kind of just rewired and reshaped my brain uh, because I really worked hard on it and continuing continually to do so every day just like sports if you want to get good you have to get good and run you have to run almost every day and do workouts and stuff same with with um, having a positive mental attitude you uh, have to work on it every day and catch yourself like today I caught myself and I, I switched it over and it worked it worked really well I made me feel from uh, a little not so good to really like happy, you know. So yeah, I'll go over that. I did a, did the five k today, and that was uh, a blast. I got third place overall, just off second place by one and a half seconds. Yeah, I I always we by the time you're at the end of the race, you're just like barely holding on and you're looking around to see if anyone's around you and the guy was in front of me a little ways the last mile and I slowly started catching him because I guess he was uh, fading a little bit and then I finally passed him and then I get close to the finish line I thought you know I was gonna beat him and bam he just flies past me and I was like oh, I was like too lazy to to pick it up I was getting hot too it was a little warm hot and humid for for my liking but I was still uh still honored enough to to get third place and i won like i won some award i don't know some plaque or something they're gonna mail and a jacket free entry fee and so that was a that was a blast and i got to be famous a little little popular with my running friends now they're probably gonna make fun of me because i didn't win this one uh from a couple weeks ago in pasadena I, i did get first place and i got really lucky there i was like a minute over a minute slower there than i was here so 
definitely an improvement. Progress equals happiness. So I'm uh, happy I've hit my goal for the most part and hit my um, projected time. I wanted to break a certain uh, time and I and I did it. So I was glad of that. But to begin with, we'll start with the, the day before. Um, I know my friend Jed, who I interviewed on my other podcast, the Super Travel Experience podcast, just had an amazing podcast with Jed talking about his Galapagos trip. It was so cool. It was um, much better than, uh, not much better, but much more uh, fascinating and interesting than I than I thought it was. I, I, it was full on intense with like four canceled flights, rioting and protesters trying to kill the president, people trying to kill the president of Ecuador. And it, you know, it was pretty crazy. So I was, I was glad to, uh, to um, talk to him about that. And that, that was like a little over an hour. So it was, it was a, fantastic podcast uh he's a a really great guy and i you know i want to do more episodes with with jed he's he's really fantastic well spoken and just overall overall great guy and another runner like me so we get along really well he actually did the half marathon 13.1 miles and then we recorded it so he's he's a true champ and amazing guy all right so after actually that yeah that's where it starts basically and then after that after I worked and then did uh, interviewed him for the podcast the Super Travel Experience podcast my other podcast uh, I went to uh, Whole Foods and just had a cheat day and ate like four huge slices of pizza it was like two thousand calories or something but uh, cheat days are important I, I I've been doing a lot of intermittent fasting to get my weight down and my lean body mass uh, uh, up as well. Um, lean out my midsection, get my six-pack going. And one of the ways that I find that's very effective that I do is intermittent fasting. So I won't eat uh, until after 12 every day. I'll just drink like some coffee or, you know, MCT oil or something to but n- not too much calories. And then I'll work out, do this like infrared sauna, a little portable infrared sauna I bought for 200 bucks off of... Um, Amazon or uh, you know one of those places I bought a few years ago I don't really remember but you could find it for like two 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 thirty two hundred thirty dollars and you burn like a hundred calories for every ten minutes so I'm in there like thirty minutes burn an extra three three hundred calories but usually I'll do a run first and then jump in the sauna and not eat go as long as I can without eating I like to feel a little bit of pain or discomfort because I like that practice of having that mental mind discipline of my mind is stronger than my body so i want to feel a little bit of suffering discomfort and i'm like no you will eat like i'm talking to my stomach you will eat when i tell you you can eat. you will eat when i let you eat and so i like that mental discipline that i like to teach myself and keep that sharp uh, a lot of days but once a week you know uh, maybe one and a half days a week but but maybe once a week generally i have a cheat uh, cheat meal or you know cheat day where i eat whatever i want you got to up the calories so i'm going low calorie um most days so every now and then you have to up the calories because because hormones start to deregulate or downgrade and one hormone uh, is thyroid hormone that uh, deregulates or slows down makes your metabolism slower so what the cheat meals do is actually you uh you want to eat more carbs and carbs will there's like sensors in the body especially in the liver uh the glycogen uh the sensing the, the amount of glycogen because our glycogen levels fall when we when we do a lot of fasting the stored carbohydrates and there's like a sensor in there and the body senses that we're like like a big 
computer, organic, biological computer. And so one of the hormones is thyroid hormone. So that slows down your metabolism. If you're fasting or doing low calories for, you know, I think it, it's very soon, maybe after a couple of days, it starts to go down. But another, another hormone that deregulates or downgrades, I don't know if I'm saying it, uh, technically correct, but you know you know what I'm talking about is uh, leptin production. Leptin that depends on our calorie intake, and so when our calories are low, similar with with thyroid, that uh, will decrease or increase respectively if you take too many calories. So you bump that up, and that helps with your metabolism as well. And cheat meals okay like i said they regulate hormones and there's a there's a cool study i just read this real fast um focus on females prove that increasing your calorie intake by upping carbohydrates actually encouraged leptin levels to grow by as much as 28 percent it also showed an improvement in 24-hour energy expenditure by seven percent this means that you will it will help you burn more calories within a 24-hour time frame of your meal without any needed extra workouts or training. And this is if your calories are low. If your calories are already high, if you're already eating crap, carbohydrates, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, whatever, this isn't going to help you. This is going to make make you more obese. So just don't – this is just if you're fasting, if your calories are low, if you're going, if you're dieting or if you're, you know, um, doing that sort of stuff. And cheat meals are also good because they give you a break mentally. You could you have an expectation of like a reward for all your hard work, and um, you you it's easier to have a cheat meal planned rather than an unplanned cheat meal. It's just better. Um, it's just it's just better. Like uh, you won't go off the rails. You won't. You know you have everything already pre planned. You, you you know it's just. Um, uh, and you, you have that anticipation, too, of a reward after all your hard work, which is really nice. And so mine was pizza. Mine was pizza. And for me, I could tell when I need a cheat day every now and then, when uh, the weight loss starts to slow down. Like one day a week is good. It starts to thin out a, a little bit. Or, uh, yeah, that's it. Um and studies have shown cheat meals high in carbohydrates are best, like I said, and they have a bigger effect on leptin production than those in the higher fats. So also don't forget to eat like some protein and healthy fats. I'll go into like diet and like what I think uh, my opinion on dietary recommendations are. And you want to eat, for me, I eat to feel good. I eat to optimize my nutrient status, specifically vitamin D as well as iron or ferritin as measured in ferritin so mostly it's uh, my iron levels so i make sure i eat to keep those accordingly like for example if my iron's too high i'll eat no meat if my iron's too low i'll eat more meat it's pretty simple uh if it's too high i'll eat, drink more tea and less coffee if it's too low i'll drink more coffee and no tea because of Tea inhibits iron absorption significantly, significantly, and coffee a little bit less, and the vice versa. So, like that, those those sort of things. That's how I'll just I'll switch. And I do take blood measurements every two to three weeks, but I'm uh, I have to for uh, 
for health reasons to make sure my blood parameters uh, are within a certain range. And I, I recommend people to check their nutrient status um, through blood work uh, every so often, maybe every six months or as needed to see how you feel and to maximize how you feel and your overall well-being. And so that's the pizza. That's a long pizza explanation. Jeez, I'm still at Whole Foods golfing down, golfing down uh, pizzas, golfing down pizzas, uh, slices of pizza as I'm walking to the checkout uh, register because I'm so hungry. I didn't eat nothing probably till 11. I was up at 4, uh, and then 11, I finally ate. I mean, I had some, I had a little bit of decaf coffee, I think it was, but that was about it. And so... From there, I drove to a hotel and finished work, you know, downloading photos and that sort of stuff. And, and then um, got up, took a nap. Luckily, got a good nap. And, and, but, but what happens when you take a nap, if you take a long nap, like two hours, it makes it harder to go to bed at night, go to sleep at night. So this is the night before the race. And this is uh, in Huntington Beach, California, where the race was. So I got to bed around 10 p.m., and I also had a little bit of some chocolate pretzels and stuff, but I did take a berberine and uh, it's a citrus extract. I can't remember the exact thing, but they lower blood sugar. So it, they help to lower blood sugar. So that's that's good. Hopefully um, all the, the sugar goes right to my muscles. I think my muscles just like sucked it in because it was dying for carbohydrates. And then... Um, Got up at five, had to run at seven. It was kind of early. And so I think was, no, I was up at like 5.15, 5.15. I'm drinking tons of water, tons of water. My calf was a little crampy the night before, but I put on, uh, slept with compression socks. So that was uh, nice and my, my legs felt pretty good. Those compression socks help with the blood flow and they'll help with like recovery and maybe clearing lactic acid a little bit faster or something like that you know it's supposed to help a little bit with slightly maybe with performance and slightly maybe with with uh, recovery uh, i say maybe because i'm not from what last time i read like the studies are kind of inconclusive that might help might not uh, but yeah, it's always worth a try and i always i always like them so i whether it's maybe it's mental placebo or, or whatnot it's still i still like them and then um got to went to drive to the race at 6 a.m and got there around 6.20, I started at 7, so I had to jog, jog to the start from the car, which is only uh, a little over a half mile, so it wasn't, wasn't too far, and I was tired, oh, oh, for breakfast, I can't forget for breakfast, what did I have, I had essential amino acids, because they are uh, amino acids that are essential, no, um, I mean, yeah, they are, but they're super uh, absorbed. They're like 99% absorbed. Uh, and meat, I think it's like 40%. I think eggs are like 48. Breast milk might be like 49, something like the protein in those in those uh, foods. And I know vegetables are lower, maybe like 30%. And, uh, that's one of the benefits of meat. It's not, it's not people are like... Oh, you you're eating enough protein. It's not what you eat; it's what's absorbed. So that's important to to know and to, especially if you're vegetarian. A, a lot of, or vegans, vegans especially, they're they're um, they're protein deficient, and you could kind of tell too, um, sometimes with the the lack of muscle mass and the really uh, 
thinness of the body composition of, of some vegans. Um, so I had essential amino acids. I wasn't really hungry because I ate so much the, the day before, So, which is good. I mean, because I still have stored carbohydrates. We have that storage. Uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but I, I have enough for like over an hour of running, basically. And the 5K is less than 20 minutes. So I'm not worried at all. Uh, I wasn't really hungry. I just had the amino acids and and a coffee drink. That's it. I had a coffee drink, a mocha. It was like 12 grams of sugar, around 100 calories, a little bit of fat, a little bit of no protein really. I had the essential amino acids was my protein, but that was pretty much all I had. I wasn't. Oh, I had blueberries. I had like two big handfuls of blueberries because uh, it was on sale at Whole Foods. So I, I love blueberries. Very healthy and delicious and full of like great nutrients and phytochemicals and or was it phytonutrients and all that wonderful stuff. And so that was what I had. Um, and then when I got to the race. I, I brought a gel and I did eat a gel, which is a condensed sugar. I had a goo watermelon gel and that's like, uh, I think it's like 20 grams of sugar, give or take. And I had that like 20 minutes before the race. So I didn't, my stomach was fine. So it's good. It, it was good. Um, but I was just sluggish and tired and didn't, you know, um, a little less than a mile warm up. You went to the bathroom, the porta potties and did a few strides and on the strides i felt so dead i was just tired from not sleeping enough the last couple of days and uh working the day before and i was like oh, i'll just do a workout and so get up to the start and it's kind of fun so my perception of races 99 percent of the time or nine yeah 94 percent of the time i'm usually in the front and this race had like thousands of people there was there was a lot of people <clears throat> there's a few different races there's a marathon 5k half marathon and so i get towards i get to the front <clears throat> i usually like to stay a few rows from the front like really close but not like completely in the front it's almost like the people at the very front are a little cocky, and sometimes they're a little too cocky. They're an older, middle-aged woman or a young 12-year-old boy who doesn't know what they're doing, or, or they're not going to run as fast as you know most of the other people in that, that little group there. And so I, I look around. There's some fast women there and some fast fast men, but overall wasn't supposed to be a fast race. And even they don't offer prize money, and so... I looked at last year's results and I, you know, I thought top five was reasonable and I had a time goal as well. And, you know, just being there was, was uh, a huge success. What's that quote? 80% of success is just showing up, just show up and doors will open up just by you being there, just by me being there, doors just open up and you never know what, what can happen. And I'll get into that a little bit later. It's really a fascinating, uh, You'll see. Um, so, uh, what about five, eight minutes? About still seven. About seven minutes, give or take. I get up there, get on the starting line. Um, I like to get up there not too early, but not too late, because the muscles will start to get not warm. You know, they'll cool off a little bit. You want your muscles still kind of warm. It wasn't wasn't that cold. It was it was a little more uh, warm and humid than. Uh, a couple weeks previous in Pasadena. Pasadena was really cold. It was like 46 degrees at the start. Here it was like 61, I think. It was rather warm. Um, so 
definitely uh maybe if it was cool i could have ran faster i don't know who knows and so was i said i think they had an eight second countdown i thought that was rather odd because i always do like a 10 second countdown but they're like eight seven six i got my hand on my watch getting ready to click start i'm about five feet from the starting mat that will read the chip off my running bib number that's attached to my orange singlet that i have from ponte verde verde world championship in spain back in april when i did that duathlon i got my black tights from nike on seven six five i got my neon green vapor fly shoes compression socks for my friend jesus whose motto is don't limit your challenges challenge your limits five four three two one my heart starts to beat faster i click the watch start everyone starts off boom the gun goes off the people start running I'm in the group, there's about six, seven of us, maybe eight that go off, eh, looks relatively normal. And um, a couple women in front of me um, and about four men, give or take. And usually there's a couple guys that start off too fast and I'm just going to, I, I don't know how I feel until maybe the first half mile first few minutes I'll, I'll have a relative indicator of how i'll do and then after a mile much more and then after two miles even more because the first mile you could kind of get away with running it too fast but after that first mile if you're tired and you ran that too fast you're gonna feel it so i just want to get to a mile and see how i felt and then go by feel from there and then about half uh half mile in i'm doing pretty good 520s pace so i'm uh i'm i'm feeling a little comfortable a little sluggish so i might have had too much pizza and too much glycogen i wasn't running a marathon or even a half marathon i didn't need all that glycogen it's just but hey it was good for my mind and i actually was running fairly good much better than when i was in pasadena a couple weeks before i felt better um well actually it's hard to tell how i felt I, st I just felt sleepy because i'm not used to running and being up so early i'm used to working out a little bit later not at 7 a.m and so uh if you want to do a race really well it's always good to practice running at the time of the race um, that's always good to do i do that every now and then for important races but this one i didn't um, it would have helped it helps because the body has circadian rhythms of of um, when you eat, when you sleep, when you're um, m best at exercise or endurance or or um, strength, you know, there's there's different. Like I know in the evening, there you're best, you're stronger in the evening for some reason. The studies have shown. Uh, so I'm going. I'm half mile in, and I'm like, ah, still feeling sluggish, but uh, legs are moving all right, so I'm I'm gonna be all right. It's not going to be a slog fest. It's going to be decent improvement from last week. Progress equals happiness. I keep saying it, but it's true. And then uh, mile in, fairly good, 529. I, I'm excited. I'm going to try to keep it consistent. I'm getting a little hot, though. I'm not used to the heat. I'm used to being up in the mountains where it's cold and dry. I'm not used to even even 60 degrees uh, cool and humid. It's It's a little... 
it's it's a little uh challenging for my my body's uh, rate thermoregulation and so then uh, I passed one one woman I think she was going a little too fast and then uh she significantly slowed down after the first mile but I mean it's just a normal kind of rookie mistake that that people do and is start off too fast maybe people's egos are are too big that they think they're faster than they actually are i've seen that before too it was with me too i used to start off really fast hoping that i could just you know uh crank it out for the rest of the race and just hold on for dear life but it doesn't work like that you run how you're trained how you trained what the shape you're in that's how you're gonna run there's not gonna be some miraculous Thing that happens on race day where you suddenly get the second wind and you could run like Elliot Kipchoge and you know run 440 pace for for three miles if you're used to running six minute miles you know that that sort of thing it just doesn't happen it doesn't happen so first mile is done I think I'm I'm in like fourth was it fourth or fifth place around fourth I think right around fourth I wasn't paying too much attention at this time I really didn't care I wasn't expecting to win I wasn't expecting you know I was just trying to focus on the moment my breath um, focus on getting through the next quarter mile getting through the next half mile uh, right around 530 pace like a decent pace for me which, which is which is pretty good I just wanted to try to be consistent for those three miles and that was my goal and if you see someone close to you you could you know sometimes I'll just like all right try to catch them try to stay with them don't let them get too far ahead you know you could judge how you're doing by if the person starts to come closer to you that means you're going faster and doing what better you know just like focus on on little positive things like um how's my breath my breath isn't wheezing like it was like uh two weeks ago in pasadena my breath was really rough it's just a um oh that was because my ferritin my iron was low so i couldn't get uh, enough oxygen there's a cool formula that says uh Glucose plus oxygen equals ATP plus carbon dioxide and H2O, which is what? Water. Hydronium oxide, I think it is, H2O. Dihydrogen oxide, something like that, if you want to trick people. Um, and so when your oxygen's low, you need more sugar to make more, to make the same amount of ATP. So I found that too, living in the mountains with less, uh, less oxygen, um, availability for for the the body and so um what was i gonna say yeah so with less oxygen you also just feel tired more tired and you 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 have to uh, breathe faster your heart rate goes up to try to try to offset that low iron and low oxygen so all sorts of stuff so that was a good sign and i'll probably be good in a few weeks when i do uh, another race in egypt egypt and uh, carthage and tunisia so I'll, I'll do those in a, in a few weeks. Uh, so I'm excited to that. I actually got a race calendar going. And I want one of my goals. So I do the, these duathlon world championships every year just for fun and to get me to travel. And this one's going to be in uh, right near Amsterdam in September in the Netherlands. And I, I saw one. 
I actually did a Spartan race last week just for the hell of it, just to, um, my friend Jesus, the guy who, who always says, don't cha- uh, limit your challenges, challenge your limits. He was telling me to do one, and I finally did it, and it was awesome there. Spartan races are these races with the obstacles. So I did the 5K, which was a sprint with 20 different obstacles, from rope climbing to wall climbs to um, the Atlas ball, where you have to li- lift a 100-pound ball from one place to another place, barbed wire crawling. They use real barbed wire, too. So that was really fun. And so I like to do these uh, races and just do different things, try new things, and travel. The so they have the Spartan World Championship will be in Abu Dhabi um, in December, and that's that's one I want. I would like to do. I would like to go there and and check that out in December. It's kind of on my list. As long as I get to qualify, I have a couple races. I'll be able to qualify. I think because my run's pretty good. It's mostly running and a little bit of upper body strength, and should do really well. And so I'm, I'm still, oh shoot, we're still in the race. Okay, so mile one's good. And then I get to, uh, the turnaround is about a mile and a half, give or take. I don't remember the exact distance, but it's right at a mile and a half. You make a 180 uh, turn and, you know, I'm going by photographers and trying to make sure my form and face looks perfect so I get take good pictures, you know, some some of them don't look like I'm dying, even though technically I kind of am. I'm on the, you're on the edge. You're always on the edge, especially with the 5Ks. Balls to the wall from the gun, from the onset. Those things hurt. But luckily, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like it hurt so much like it normally does. I, I put on this special uh, um, AMP, Maximum Human Performance uh, Gel, which has baking soda to help buffer the lactic acid. I take a I take a beta alanine supplement to help with that as well to help with the lactic acid. So those those tended to help a little bit at least. Uh, at least I th- I think I don't know if they do for sure, but that and the compression sock and compression socks as well. And so I'm going at two miles and and I'm in third place and uh, fourth place. There's a female and two guys in front of me. So I'm pretty happy with that. I know uh, they have different male and female categories. So I'll be like third place male. So that's fine with me. She's a real fast female too. I mean, some of those elite fast women can run really well. Like I can't even beat them. I mean, not a lot of guys can beat them. They Some of the fast females can beat a lot of our professional guys. It's crazy. Um, so then the, then I'm going. I kind of ease off a little bit because I look behind me. There's no one behind me for a ways, and I got it. I look back a couple times just to make sure, and yeah, I'm good. And then the guy in front of me starts to slow down a little. I'm like, what? This is strange. And now I kind of wish I didn't kind of slow down a little bit. I wish I would have kept going faster or at, at a consistent pace because I slowed down probably like seven, six seconds or so that mile. And so I go and he starts to slow down and I actually come up close to him and I pass him and he didn't like that. And we're going like a quarter mile from the finish and he sprints, blows past me. I'm like, oh, I'm in no mood to go. I'm I'm just not, don't feel like sprinting it out. I mean, what's the point? Second place or third place? Does it really make a big difference? If it was first place, okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's either first place or second or third doesn't make a difference because either way, one, two, three, you're on the podium, which is like, you know, uh, top three is usually on the podium. And also in Southeast Asia, top five or top eight even get on the podium, which is fascinating because I got like fifth, I believe it was, when I was in Kuala Lumpur at a race, uh, the 10K race back in end of July. That was fun. 
And so he blows past me and then, uh, oh, shoot, I see the the finish line and I, I pick it up really fast and I almost, I almost caught him. If we had another 200 meters or so, I could have got it, I think. But I just, I was too tired. I didn't care so much. And especially coming off this Pasadena wind two weeks ago is just majestic or just flying through the finish line as I passed the guy on the grass 100 meters before the finish line and they got it on video and it, it was really cool I'm like I'm in their one of their uh, parts of their advertisement for uh, I think it's LA Marathon and Pasadena half marathon and stuff and just amazing video the way they cut it and there's like four photographers and I, I remember like waking up and then all of a sudden because I'm so tired I was just I, I rolled out of bed next thing I know I'm flying to the finish line breaking the tape <laughs> it's hilarious it's just a weird weird world crazy life amazing life and so I got I got third male, fourth overall, and but I did hit my time, my goal time, which was to break a, a certain time, and I did. So it was a good progress from two weeks ago. It was a little more than a minute faster than a couple weeks ago. So I'm happy with that. And then my next goal is going to be to run about 25 seconds faster, and my next goal is to run 15 seconds faster, and then my next goal would be to to try to run 15 fa- seconds faster than that. So as you you improve the the progress gets slower and slower and slower. It's the same with anything, really, uh, especially like when you first uh, try a hobby or you first start something, your learning curve is through the roof, but then it tapers off. And that's where most people quit is when, it, you know, that improvement and they don't not getting that reward of of improving so fast and it kind of tapers off slows down but once you go through that you'll you'll improve again but most people uh they stop after that and call those dabblers people who just dabble and stuff and just do things to improve really fast and get that rush of excitement and lucy you gonna join me she just barged her way in come on in Lucy. let's see you got anything to say what do you have to say nothing there she is hi Nice to see you, girl. She's here. All right. Lucy, my cat. And I just, okay, I went to the finish line, and I was I was pretty happy with, with, my, uh, with my time and walked through and caught my, uh, got my composure, took a, few, took a few photos, and I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, you agree? Let's see. What else, Lucy? Yeah. Okay, yeah, she, she's happy for me, too. All right, thanks. She said, <laughs> okay, congratulations. And then um, that was it for the race. So that was great. And I had a nice warm down, cool down. And then uh, ran with the, my friends, went and watched my friends along the course. And tons of people I knew. And took some vo- photos and videos of people and all sorts of stuff. It was, it was a great day. It was a wonderful day. It was amazing how big races bring people together. And there's that quote, we don't, the reason we don't run, uh, the reason we don't run races is not, the reason we run races or the reason we run is not to beat each other, but to be be with each other. And I think Lucy wants to be with me right now. <laughs> 
I'll put her on the chair right next to me. So the reason we don't we run is not to beat each other, but to be with each other. That was Christopher McDougall's Born to Run book. And he I want to he made the case that we were born to run as persistence hunters, uh, that we could run for hours and days on end to run down animals. But I want to say I just read something that that, that shown that that quite wasn't the case but he made a good uh, good point of it and it's a very good book and and so highly recommend that and oh the funny thing is i actually got vip access which is fascinating because i i knew one of the companies that worked there and so i was honored to have the vip access you have like your own room you could store your own gear had a free parking spot at the hotel where it was and it made things a lot easier and um I went and was going to get some food, and I look, and I see this guy. He's got, like, like a mohawk, but, like, a low-shaved mohawk and shaved head on the side sides, and he looked like he's, you know, like a wrestler or something. I'm like, who's that? And then, oh, I think that's, I think I know who that is. So I, I go, and I go, hey, are you Chuck Liddell? And he goes, yeah. I was like, oh, cool! I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, I remember you from back in the day. He was a UFC fighter, the Ice Man, and that was really cool uh, getting to talk to him. I was a little nervous, but he was really uh, loved to talk and seemed like he loved the attention. And yeah, it was fun. I, uh, I he just had surgery on his his knee, I think it was, and so he was he was hobbling a little bit. He wasn't in full capacity, but uh, he looked he looked tough like you don't want to mess with him it's like he's 50 years old now but but even then it's like they're still a thousand times better than than us on our highest uh caliber day you know uh even even being a little bit older and yeah he just had a fight i want to say tito ortiz a couple years ago or last year maybe 2018 something something like that 2018 2019 i don't remember but yeah, he was like forty eight. I think Tito was like forty three. So that was, that was wild. There, uh, and um, he was just talking to me, and I don't remember everything he said. Oh, I asked him, how do you deal with getting older? And he's telling me uh, like the recovery takes longer, and I, I want to talk to him more, but I, but I had to get going. So um, I ended up asking him if he teaches MMA lessons because I want to I want to learn and and uh, he said yeah every now and then when he's in town and and um, I uh, I asked him you know if 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 I, he could teach me and he said eh, maybe maybe and uh, I ended up, <laughs> ended up getting his contact information and yeah it was really cool I I there's this quote that says um, if you don't ask the answer is always no so yeah, always ask. And so I, I think I'm going to get him, try to get him on the podcast too. He'd make a really cool episode on having a positive um, attitude and positive mental attitude. He just went to the Tony Robbins uh, seminar. Um, if you look on his uh, Instagram, he showed it and it was really a beautiful thing to see him do that. So I, I, I think he'd have a lot of great things to say uh, in regards to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to a couple of those Tony Robbins seminars uh, this year as well. And so that was a phenomenal experience. I was, I was a bit starstruck and a little bit and yeah, just for a little bit. I mean, not a lot of things make me nervous anymore. Maybe um, jumping out of an airplane or bungee jumping, but 
other than that, I guess talking to famous people and asking them for things, you know, um, that, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. So that's a good thing. So getting to uh, uncomfortability, I want to say there's a bunch of quotes. Did I quote? Okay. I probably read these already in, in other, in other um, podcasts, but I'll just, they're worth a while to read them again. So discomfort is the currency of success, Brooke Castillo. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. So the whole day of me running the race was a challenge and me talking to Chuck Liddell and asking him for, you know, f- to if he could teach me MMA and stuff. He's one of the greatest MMA, MMA fighters of all time. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's phenomenal, the Iceman. Okay. Oh, here's related to uh, MMA. The more, more you seek the uncomfortable, the more you will become comfortable. Conor McGregor. He just won a UFC fight. He's a world champion right now. We need to be willing to be comfortable with discomfort in order to grow. Discomfort is the call to set yourself free. Learn to convert the discomfort of discipline into the satisfaction of personal growth. Tony Robbins. And growth only occurs in a state of discomfort. You only grow when you're uncomfortable. So take the courage, have the courage, find your purpose find a reason why to give you a desire, a strong desire, change your mind to have a positive mental attitude and get comfortable being uncomfortable. And there was another, I had a talk today with a lady who's a little bit upset because she didn't reach her, her time. She was five minutes off her time because of certain shoes. And I was like, man, I just read a book called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. You got to read this book. It's phenomenal. So I was like, what are three things you're grateful for now? I mean, grateful you could run at all, right? I mean, there's some people that don't have legs. They're in a wheelchair. There's some people that, you know, can't walk. Some people that have cancer and they're in the hospital. And, and it reminds me of my friend who died of cancer, a guy I know. We weren't close friends, but I knew him who died recently. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. And just be grateful for what we have and for the little things and when we focus on those little things and the grateful and the positive things then like we tend to uh, draw more of that in our life for some reason i don't know why it just works like that there's some sort of weird energy kind of thing about it whether it's our brains focusing more on the positive and sees more more of the positives or 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 it actually does um, attract more of the positive i don't know but there's some kind of weird unmistakable unmistakable unshakable thing that happens when you focus on positivity and gratitude and that sort of stuff like good things rather than um drowning yourself in misery and sorrow over not running a certain time. I mean, I used to do that. I used to I used to drive myself nuts because I didn't run a certain time. And then if I did run a certain time, it's because I didn't win. And so if I didn't win, it's because I got second place. If I didn't get second place because I got, it just the mind just found something to be negative. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter if I went, won the race. It didn't matter if if I ran a, a personal best. I would my mind would just find a, a reason to be negative. But you switch that around and the whole life changes. It's, it's really fascinating. And I'm living that 
right now and it, it's working it's it's actually beautiful and amazing i'd rather live like this i looked at her and i i was i was talking to her about talking to her about this and I was like, I refuse to be unhappy or, you know, uh, be negative and be pessimistic. I just refuse. I, I've, I've been sad. I've been um, depressed long enough before and been angry and just, it doesn't feel as good. It feels good being positive. It feels good having gratitude. It feels good being happy. And, you know, that's my choice. And I said, we all have a choice and we choose how we want to feel by what we focus upon. And I choose to focus on the good and the positive, period. And so that was that that was my conversation. I think it went hit hit uh, hit home, hit to the heart. And so that was nice to hear. Um, I guess uh, I guess people do get kind of get motivated when when I when I talk about that stuff uh, out loud. And <laughs> uh, excellence requires discomfort. Another good quote by T.D. Jakes. Discomfort is the call to set yourself free. Discomfort is the currency of your dreams. That's cool. Um, Comfort zones are most often expanded through discomfort. All right, I think I'm about done here, which is good. I'm about 43 minutes in. I, you know what? Let's just talk about one, one thing real fast. Arnold Schwarzenegger, six rules of success. Number one, trust yourself. Number two, break some rules. Number three, don't be, af- don't be afraid to fail. Number four, ignore the naysayers. Number five, oh, my Arnold accent's not so great, but <laughs> number five, work like hell. Number six, give something back. So number one, trust yourself, have self-confidence, trust in your skills, trust in your know-how, trust in yourself. That that's, goes along with uh, self-confidence and, and having courage. Number two, break some rules. He says, don't break the law, but break the rules. Pave your own path, make your own way. If there's no road, make your own road, you know, break some rules it's okay you don't have to follow the exact rules uh try something new try something different have an x factor um number three don't be afraid to fail failure is part of success it's part of it you you have to fail but you fail forward um you just tried something that didn't work basically all great people have failed they failed more than they succeeded guaranteed like that michael uh Jordan missed way more baskets than he actually made. Uh, I think that's right, didn't he? Yeah. Um, or I don't know. It might have been 50-50. I don't know. But he talks about that in that quote. Remember I read that quote a long time ago with uh, Michael Jordan. A quote. Let's read that again. Michael Jordan missed shots quote. I don't like to misquote people. He says... Um, Michael Jordan, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've trusted, been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I've missed. i failed over and over in my life, and that's why I succeed. Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived. 
So that's also Arnold's number three. Don't be afraid to fail. Number four, ignore the naysayers. Get rid of the naysayers. People say that you shouldn't do something. People say that you can't do something, whether it be family, friends. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to people. Uh, I mean, take some professional advice, but don't listen to people uh, that are telling you it's not good, it won't work, and that these people haven't reached any amount of success or happiness in their life, and they're trying to you know, keep you from being great because they're not great themselves. These people are, are people you want to stay away from. It's like the if your friends are telling you this, find new friends. You're the average of your five closest friends you hang around with. So find better friends. Find successful friends. Screw these people that say, uh, don't do this. Don't try this. You know, you want to try everything. You want to do everything. And that will help you be successful. Number five, work like hell. Definitely Arnold worked like hell pumping iron and acting and he was he was the governor of california he was everything he'd be the president of the u.s if he was allowed to be i don't think you're allowed to be a president if you're not born in the united states but arnold is an amazing amazing man and work like hell definitely uh very very important to work like hell and the book i uh, recently listened to on audible 10x you want to um take 10 times the amount of work or or effort into your goal and have your goal 10 times bigger than your initial goal and that will do wonders number six give something back and that's very very important and that you want to give back and that's going to help read uh help with the spiritual needs that we have we all have these spiritual fulfillment needs that you feel when you give something back or when you have uh, personal growth. And that comes to Tony Robbins' six human needs. Um, We all have six needs that we meet and these are the reasons why we do everything we do or why anyone does anything. This is what's controlling our behavior at any given moment. This is from Tony Robbins, and it's very, very good. Uh, the fourth, uh, first four needs are the f- needs of the personality. They are certainty. We all need to feel certainty. We all need to feel comfortable. We all need to feel st- stability, security. Number two, uncertainty. It's like a paradox. We all need to feel uncertainty, variety. We have this need, this human need for excitement, for surprise, for something different. And then number three we have of the of, of the six is we have a need of significance. We all need to feel significant. We all need to feel special, unique, or important in some way, shape, or form. And that's a human need. And uh, the fourth human need is love and connection. We all have a need for connection, love, whether it be with friends, loved ones, maybe your pets too, I'm not sure, but yeah, we all need that. And so those are the four needs of the personality and of the six human needs. The six human needs are broken down into two parts. First four are the needs of the personality. Second two are the needs of the spirit and uh, their spiritual needs. These are number five would be growth or five or slash one. Uh, We all need to grow and evolve in some way. Uh, And number six, we all need to contribute. Contribute in a way uh, gives our lives meaning. We need to contribute outside ourselves, whether it's volunteering at like a homeless shelter or contribute volunteering anywhere or just contribute something outside of ourselves so our lives have more meaning. And that helps our spiritual needs, helps us feel fulfilled. So growth and contribution are the needs of the spiritual needs. And the first four 
certainty, uncertainty, significance, love, slash connection are needs of uh, personality. So those are the six human needs we all we all go for, and we all have to meet whether we uh, notice know. Um, know it consciously or subconsciously uh, we are all going for that and some people have uh, certain needs that are more important than others so some people will want to feel significant more than they'll want to feel certainty some people want to feel more love and connection than they'll want to feel significance or uncertainty and so that sort of thing and uh, everything we do in life is to meet one or more of those needs like if you're a binge eater then you're doing it to meet your needs if you're going out to the bar you're doing it to meet one of the, those needs um, you could also meet your need for variety like if you're eating a cheesecake or trying different foods or you could feel a sense of significance that you're trying to give yourself a gift like a cheat meal like a pizza <laughs> And you could feel like you're connecting with yourself through gorging on pizza. You know, if you link, link three or more of those needs to any thought, any feeling or behavior, it becomes an addiction. And so we have negative and positive addictions. And it's in the same way you can meet your needs by working out in the gym every day. Uh, when you work out in the gym or you work out, you run on the treadmill, whatever it is, ride the bike, you can meet your need for certainty because you feel like you're in control, you're more confident. You can meet the need for variety. You're doing different workouts, different exercises, different muscle groups working, um, different people maybe there at the gym. You can meet your need for significance by lifting more weight or feeling important for working out or wearing a tight tank top when you're in front uh, of the mirror working out your biceps. You could also connect with yourself or connect with other people. You could grow and even feel a sense of contribution if you're doing it to serve, to serve others, maybe your personal trainer or, um, yeah, or helping someone out. The bottom line is there are empowering good ways to meet your needs and then there's disempowering ways or negative ways to do it like you know drugs or um, violence you know the fastest way to feel significant significant for people that Tony Robbins mentions you put a, a person puts a gun to a person's head and they'll feel significant instantly like that and that's a, a huge negative way to feel significant or binge eating or other destructive habits like going out to the nightclub every night and getting drunk or doing drugs or cocaine or whatever it is it's just negative stuff that you know i uh, it's not so good <laughs> uh, so your top two needs are your driving force so of those needs your top two is what drives you and um, for 80 percent of the people in north america from from what tony robinson mentions it's the top two needs are the needs of certainty and the needs to feel significant. And those top two of who are whoever they are, whatever they are, are controlling our lives more than anything. Um, unfortunately for most, having certainty and significance as a top two is one of the worst things that we could have. Um, because when more certainty, when certainty is one of the top of the needs, it forces us to have control over the world. Um, Therefore, you'll live in a very small world that you can always have control over, which present, prevents you from growth and variety. Because we need growth and we need um, uncertainty to feel discomfort 
to make us grow. And we, we need that variety to cause discomfort, to cause us to grow. That's the only way for growth. Life begins outside your comfort zone. All great things come from discomfort. Well, remember all the quotes I just read. Uh, we need growth as it's a need that makes us fulfilled. If we aren't growing, we're dying. If we aren't growing, we are dying. We also need variety as it's where all our passion and excitement in life is found. If certainty is one of your top two needs, then you're likely uh, to live in your comfort zone most of your life. You play things safe. Don't take risks. Risk taking is hugely important. Use things like food, TV, the internet, uh, social media as a source of comfort. Significance is also one of the worst top two needs someone could have. With significance, you always need more. It's never enough. Even if you make millions of dollars, you'll need more to feel more significant so you're never fully satisfied. You're always comparing yourself to others. What others are doing uh, are better than you. You'll feel insignificant. As a result, you'll never get to be happy sustainably, especially if you're checking social media every day, seeing people living these lives that aren't really real. They're just little snapshots of a fake life because you know the the picture people probably took a hundred pictures to get one really good picture i know because i've done it <laughs> when your value uh when you value certainty or sig significance above love then you don't feel love or express it until you first feel totally certain and significant when you feel uncertain and insignificant then the love will disappear in your life this is another downside of valuing certainty and significance above love and so you can change your uh, your needs and uh, well not your needs but the ones the top two ones that um, that you, that are your driving force. So you could you could change those and work on those, and yeah, definitely uh, will help become one better in life. And um, what am I going on? Fifty five minutes? Oh crap! Okay, I better finish this up. All right, and that's a Tony Robbins six human needs. You could take that test. Take a um, and, and learn more about that just online. This was a Project Life Mastery uh, article I read about that Tony Robbins. I remember learning this in Tony Robbins' seminar uh, back in 2012. And I'll be back to another few, two or three Tony Robbins uh, seminars later on this year and definitely talk about that on the podcast. And that sums it up. Yes, this is the end of number nine. Hell yes, I am doing fantastic. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening to Planet Positivity. This is your host, Motivational Mark, and have a great day, wonderful day, wonderful week, wonderful month, wonderful year, wonderful freaking life. Live life to the fullest. You're not going to get another shot. You're not going to get another life. This is it. Just do it. Just do it. Go do it. Have fun. Take the risk. Dream big. And take care. Good night, everyone.